Can a radio show keep you safe and protect your rights? The verdict is yes. If it's Scott Weinberg on the law. Once again, here's attorney Scott Weinberg. Good morning, everyone. We're back here on CBS Radio. We uh, we have a real treat today. We're going to be uh, talking a little about uh, what happens in uh, divorce for men. You know, I, I can tell you right now, assaults and domestic violence, when you when you get involved in this area of the law, so much of the time it either ends in divorce or, if nothing else, there is a need for some type of... Um, attorney, some type of counseling, some way to have a third party come in and say, hey, let's stop, let's get the man's rights represented separate from the woman because most of the time the police and the prosecutor, whether it's you believe it or not, they are there to try and help out the female domestic partner. They won't admit it, but I'm telling you, 80% 80% of the time, the man is arrested. And it sometimes ends in divorce, sometimes not. But most of the time, the men need some type of separate help by an attorney. And uh, uh, we have an opportunity to um, to uh, get involved with that. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the best things we do here is uh, try to get you uh, information regarding um, other types of attorneys that you can use either from our firm or uh, from everybody else. Yeah, I'd like to welcome Doug Wartell to the show. Of course, he's the founder of Adam. Uh, 20 years ago, he, he founded this, uh, this firm just for men. He's an expert in domestic law and a graduate of the University of Michigan and Wayne State Law School. Hi, Doug. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Scott? Good. Doug, I hear you. I hear you're from all the time. You, you've got to represent, you've got to be the biggest divorce firm around. Well, if we're not, I don't know who is. I tell you, I hear you guys all the time. You always, you always really do a good job, everybody. I've represented people for 20 years in criminal law, and you have represented so many of my clients. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and especially with Adam, how, how did you pick to represent men? I mean, I, you know, most divorce attorneys, of course, would just represent women and men. They don't even uh, think about if they're going to represent one of the sexes. How did you decide to represent men? Well, the idea started uh, really back in 1988. I had actually represented a woman um, in a divorce case, and her husband was a Marine stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And uh, essentially, uh, they had a child that was about four or five years old, and in order for the Marine to have visitation with his son, he would have to get a furlough off the base, drive all the way to Michigan, see his son for a little bit, and then drive all the way back to North Carolina, get on on the base. And without fail, every time this Marine came up to visit with his child, I would be getting a call from his lawyer because my client uh, was obstructing his visitation. And he would ask me to intervene on the guy's behalf so he could have his visitation. I would call my client. I would have her comply with the court order um, for visitation. And uh, that really was happening week after week. And uh, after we had finished the divorce, about six months later, she had called me for some more um, help. And uh, I really just didn't really care for her, to be honest with you. <laughs> and what she I had was many doing, clients so I, I declined to help her. But I was uh, speaking about the whole scenario with another lawyer friend of mine. And uh, my comment was I was just really um, saying that if it really hadn't been for me, the other lawyer's client never would have been able to see his child. Because 
uh, his lawyer was just not being aggressive enough in terms of getting my client, who was really violating the court order, in front of a judge to be held in contempt. And I said, you know, if, if, if that had been me, I would have had her in court so fast her head would have been spinning. It's just amazing to me how weak a lot of lawyers are that are representing men. They just kind of give up for them. And the next day, um, the gentleman I was chatting with, who has now become my partner, suggested that uh, we start a law firm that would be devoted to strictly representing men in divorce. And I thought that was a great idea because there clearly was a need. So that's how we got started. Isn't that amazing how many lawyers, you know, I'm a criminal lawyer, so we represent hundreds of of, lawyers. of basically people charged with domestic violence every year. And it's amazing how many times I see that other criminal lawyers give up on the client, especially men, because they're charged 80% of the time on domestic violence. And they plead them straight up or some kind of deferred basis. But basically, they don't fight enough for these guys. They just give up in court. Yeah, and I, think, I can't, I, I hate seeing that. Yeah, I, I think that is a big strategic mistake. Um, you know, guys are, they get, uh, you know, falsely charged with domestic violence because um, the utilization of that becomes a strategic tool to kick them out of the house and undermine their rights to custody. And uh, the mistake that they make is often they go into court and in the criminal setting they're offered, you know, probation and if you plead guilty or not, no contest, everything will go away and uh, the case will be, quote, dismissed. The problem that they don't realize is that it still comes back to bite them in the divorce case, and these guilty pleas and no contest pleas are brought to the attention of the divorce judge, and uh, you know it undermines their position. So, if I have a guy that does come in to me regarding a divorce case and he's essentially um, in the middle of a domestic violence case, I really insist that they get themselves a good criminal attorney, and if it's a bogus case that they fight that, and if they need to take it to a jury trial, that's what they need to do. But I don't like to see my clients pleading guilty to things that they haven't done. Well, that's exactly the kind of divorce attorney uh, divorce attorney you want to uh, you want to have. If you want to call into the show, it's 1-800-7100-529. Um, in this case, when you actually have a, you've got a, let's say you've got a client, he's um, pled no contest because lawyers obviously think that makes a big difference in the, in the criminal case, because their client doesn't have to admit that he did anything wrong, but can they use that against him in the uh, in the civil in your child custody case or in your well, divorce listen, case? Te- yeah, technically, um, you're not supposed to be able to use a no contest plea um, in a civil case, but you know, from a, a reality standpoint, uh, the other side always makes sure the judge knows that right. there has been this no contact uh, or this no contest plea, and sometimes as part of that. Um, the guy is not allowed to be back in the marital residence, which then separates him from the children. And uh, it just really does hurt the divorce case. So, um, again, if you have a defense to something like that, you should really have somebody representing you and, and fight it because in the long run, um, it's a benefit if you can get cleared of that. You know, we represent uh, lots of guys that are charged with the felony child support. And, you know, that's, it's actually a very difficult case to beat on its own because it, it seems like more obviously more of a financial crime. But I've seen where the, um, the state is much more active now 
in prosecuting guys that owe $10,000, let's say, you know, a pretty substantial amount, mm-hmm. substantially, let's say, 10000 or more on that. But people don't realize that it also can suspend your driver's license, too. Do, do you represent many people that have child support arrearages? Well, um, yeah, we do. And there's a couple things that I think um, men should be aware of. Number one, with, with uh, respect to the economy doing what it's doing, you know, a lot of guys' uh, income have been cut, and they need to understand that the court, in the civil case, in the divorce case, um, will not give a retroactive adjustment downward on support for any time prior to the filing of a motion or a request to lower the support. So it's really mandatory that as soon as somebody realizes that their income is going to be reduced, that they file a motion for a reduction. And I don't care what some clerk at the front of the court says or uh, in terms of, well, you've just had this reviewed six months ago or a year ago. Um, you always have the right to file a motion to reduce your support if your income has changed. So don't believe somebody at a desk that tells you you can't do it because actually you're obligated to do it. And if you don't do it, you're just going to pile up arrearages. And when you go in front of a judge and you say, hey, judge, um, my income, I lost my job or I was in the hospital or whatever excuse you're giving for your lack of income, uh, the judge is going to say, well, too bad. You should have filed a motion to reduce your support. I can't help you. Now that your arrearages are X, you better pay. And uh, they're a little bit harsh. Um, and in addition, um, that statute, the felony child support statute, at this point has been interpreted to be a strict liability statute. In other words, if you are in arrears, it doesn't matter the reason why you're in arrears, you're criminally liable. Now, I don't think that that um, interpretation of the law is correct because ultimately that would mean that if you were in a motorcycle accident and in a coma for a year Hmm. and you came out of your coma um, and you had an arrearage of $10,000, they could put you in prison. What about about actually when you're in prison or in jail? Does it stop the child support obligation? You you have to do something. that, that, That can be a reason to... Um, stop the accruing of support. But I'd love to see one of you criminal lawyers um, take a, uh, a felony child support up on appeal based upon the strict liability interpretation of the statute and uh, see if he can get the Court of Appeals to reverse and make that more of an ability to pay, um, you know, and a, and a willing failure to pay well, as opposed I... to just... Um, not paying because you are unable to pay. Well, I'd be happy to do that. So anybody out there that's got a felony child support case, just call us at 1-800-7100-529, and that is exactly what we'll try to do. How does it work with unemployment? So there's so many people now with this economy that they are unemployed. They're receiving benefits. Well, the benefits then would be whatever you're receiving for your benefits would then be construed as your new level of income. So child support should then be based upon your new lower level of income based upon what you're receiving from unemployment. So you still want to file your motion to reduce your support so that you don't accrue arrearages, and you would be entitled to a reduction. Well, that's actually good advice. Want to be out there, definitely call Doug at uh, at Adam, and uh, and you'll uh, especially if you're out of work 
and you're still paying or obligated to pay child support, that is exactly what you got to do. You got to call Adam and and make sure that uh, that you get that changed. You know, and I, I want to make something really clear. Um, if, for example, you've just gone through a child support um, case and they set an amount um, based upon whatever income you you had, listen. If a week later you lost your job, you should still file a motion to reduce your support. Just because mm-hmm. they said it a week earlier, um, you still don't have to wait six months, a year, two years. That would be a fatal mistake. You would still have the right to file yet a new motion to reduce your support because of the change in circumstance. So don't think that you have to wait any particular amount. That it would be a huge mistake. Doug, do you find that with the economy that the divorce filings are up or down? What's going on with that? Well, you know what? I don't know whether divorce filings as a whole are up or down. Uh, you know, within our office, um, we are doing as much divorces, as many divorces as we have in the past. So for us in particular, we're just kind of humming along. Um, I have read in the paper that the amount of divorce filings as a whole are down. Um, but again, you know, that could be for a number of reasons. It could be, um, Number one, you've had a lot of population leave the area, so a lot of people that may be getting divorced may be doing it in uh, in the new state that they've moved to. Um, other people feel they can't afford to get a divorce right now, so they're kind of staying put and making and waiting to see if their house uh, goes back up in value or, and things of that nature because a lot of people are underwater there. Right. Doesn't that, I would say, that would stop or at least prevent people from just rushing to the court because they feel that if that's their biggest asset, Mm-hmm. Their house, and now they're they owe more obviously than is worth. Sometimes it's like, well, what the heck are we getting divorced for? Well, you know what? But the, but the reason that they're getting divorced is not based upon the value of their house. Sometimes well, that's they true can't too. Stand each other, so you still go forward again. You know, we're still doing, um, you know, a lot of cases, and uh, so um, in terms of whether other lawyers are doing the same volume as they have been in the past, I guess that's up. You know, that that'd be for them to answer. And I suppose you could always check the county clerk's office and see if the volume has gone down. That's what I'm told. But, uh, again, I don't see it. And, uh, you know, most a lot of people that come in here, their houses are kind of upside down, but we're still going forward with the divorce. Well, actually, I read recently that uh, um, I think it was in the Macomb County they had interviewed one of the judges, and they were saying that there's so many people that are that are trying to, that are filing but doing it wrong because they don't have a lawyer. They don't have the, whether it's one or two lawyers, and the judge is chastising them and trying to teach them what to do, and they're either getting it's involuntarily dismissed or really messing up, not just their case, but the child support issue. And so they're really obviously recommending people get attorneys. And I would recommend get uh, get Doug, so you want to call Doug at Adam. Well, thank you. Well, Doug, thank you very much for being on the show. I know that... Uh, that uh, everybody uh, listens to. I know that when they hear you advertise around, and and it's really worth it. It's one of those those uh, divorce firms that uh, you can't go wrong with uh, with using Doug at Adam. I appreciate Thank- it. Well, I tell you, one of the things, Doug, that we uh, that we have to do is that's for sure protect uh, men's rights, but not just men, but anybody who really is accused of of in in my situations of representing people in criminal law accused of something that either they didn't do or quite frankly they're accused of something that um something happened but it got so lost in translation between the way the witness stated at the time the way it was written up and by the time it 
it gets to the prosecutor's office. You know, you were talking about one of the uh, effects of the economy and how the economy is now affecting people filing for divorce. I tell you, in criminal law, it is amazing where you would think that there's so much more crime because the economy is going bad, that uh, people are out of work, they're drinking more, they're more upset. But I don't see a great increase in crime. I really don't. I don't know if it's because people are, um, they're maybe being more uh, worried about their jobs, that they, uh, the economy is going down and that they're afraid that if they do something that they're going to lose their livelihood and therefore being more careful. I, I don't see a great increase in crime, but what you do see is you do see people using court-appointed attorneys, and there's nothing wrong with a court-appointed attorney. There's nothing wrong with filing on your own behalf for a divorce case. But if you are going to be using a court-appointed attorney, or if you are going to be representing yourself, let's say, in some type of uh, in the divorce, you need to get some advice from a uh, attorney that you trust. If it is your court-appointed attorney, then use him. Bug him. Call him. Go to his Go to his office or her office. Make sure that it's not simply where they're representing because the government asked them to. Because you have a right to get represented. If it's a divorce case and you want to do it on your own, study. Go on the Internet. Call my office. We'll talk to you for free. Get involved with someone who knows what they're doing. Because everybody's rights need to be protected. If you take one thing from this show, if Weinberg on the Law is going to help you with one thing, it's going to make sure that your rights in this state of Michigan, in the state of Illinois, in this great country of ours, are protected. Do not let the government walk all over your rights. Do not let them be a dictator to what happens with you. America, we are waking up and we are going to protect our rights. You're going to wake up and smell the coffee. You need to smell your rights burning. So please call us at 1-800-7100-LAW. 1-800-7100-529.